0: Uh, We have moved into a section of studying the Proverbs. We went through a section of the Psalms tonight. uh, We're going to continue in a section of Proverbs. Last week, uh, we really had kind of an introduction to that. And then tonight, we're going to continue. Our our key verses, uh, we're actually going to look at some some select verses in Proverbs. Uh, We're going to look at a topic, and that's what we're going to do for tonight. In the next four weeks, we're going to pull a topic uh, out of the Proverbs and then look at it and so we'll be pulling some verses out for that. Tonight, uh, our key point is who you associate with matters. Who you associate with matters. I think sometimes we think, well, that's for younger people. That's for all people. Who you associate with matters. God in his wisdom tells us the influences to avoid and then those influences that we ought to seek out. Uh, a very quick review tonight as we head into our study. Remember the book of Proverbs is God's wisdom uh, actually recorded and given for us to use. That's a big thing. It's not uh, the wisdom of man, it's not the, the wisdom of academia. It is the wisdom of God actually recorded and given for us to use. I, I talked about it last week. Uh, it's an awesome thing that we have God's wisdom. He is perfect in wisdom, He possesses all wisdom. And then, in, in a gracious thing, He wants us. To have it. And so it's not a, a puzzle that we have to put together. It's not uh, something we have to come and discern. God actually wants us to have His wisdom. He wants us to use His wisdom in our lives to be blessed, dictated by His wisdom. So God gives us His wisdom for us uh, to have, to possess, and to use. Um, a couple things happen when we do that. One of the things is we live lives that are pleasing to God, that honor God. And so when we are found living in in godly wisdom and walking in obedience to it, it points to God. If you operate out of that, it dishonors God. So one of the things, as we operate according to godly wisdom, it is a blessing, it honors him. But also on top of that, uh, it also blesses our lives. Now what I mean by that is, we avoid trouble and pitfalls and dangers and snares and chaos and drama, we avoid a whole lot of things when we say, I'm going to do what God has called for me to do. I'm going to live how he has ordained for me to live. And so the truth is, it truly is the best way to live. Now, get used to hearing that. I say that a lot. We're going to hear that a lot in the next few weeks. God's word, God's wisdom truly is the best way to live. The majority of the Proverbs are attributed to King Solomon. Uh, the wisest person to ever live. Uh, They were passed along until they were organized and put together by the scribes of King Hezekiah. And so the book of Proverbs, uh, these primarily are the wisdom of of God given through Solomon. Uh, They are passed along until King Hezekiah's scribes organized them, put them together into our book of Proverbs. They cover many subjects. Uh, One of the interesting things, if you've ever gone through the book of Proverbs Uh, We're doing that on Sunday night. One of the things that you see is it not only tells of the positive results of living according to God's wisdom, but it also gives the flip side and tells us the consequence of neglecting God's wisdom. And I think sometimes we learn by that uh, more than we do the others. So it tells us if you live by God's wisdom, these are the things you're going to see. But it also says, also warns us, If you neglect God's wisdom, these are the things that you're going to suffer. These are the consequences that you will face. And so it's the best way to live. It also shows us the danger in not living according to God's wisdom. So that's an overview. That's what we have in the book of Proverbs, God's wisdom given to us. We ought to be excited about that. We ought to be ready to spend time and effort to gain God's wisdom. Tonight we're going to start a section where we actually pull out some topics from God's wisdom and see what God says about uh, that specific topic. Now, we're going to talk about our associations, our associations. Now, um, that's an interesting thing. I think sometimes we wonder, how much does God actually care about how I live? I know he died on the cross. I know we have a Savior. I know we want to spend eternity with him in heaven. But does he care about this thing? Or does he care about this specific thing? How interested is he in the the flow of my life? Well, he actually is very involved. He actually has a plan in all areas of life. And one of the ways, uh, one of the areas is how we associate with people, who we spend time with. Uh, I saw a study, a very recent study, that says, Now, I don't know if this is true or not, it's what it says, Uh, that people become like the five people they spend the most time with. And that's what the study says. They do this big old survey, and they say, well, who are the five people that you're spending most of your time with? And over time, uh, you become like the the five people that you spend uh, most of your time with. I, I believe that probably is true, and I think it's interesting that works uh, in a good way, if you're with good, in, in, with good people, but it also can be a negative thing. And so we think about someone that's running with the, the wrong crowd. That's actually a thing. So think about the five people you're spending the most time with. Over time, we're going to become like those people. That could be a good thing. That could be a detrimental thing as well. Well, God actually tells us the same. Uh, God actually makes that very clear to us And he tells us, there are some people we ought to seek out. There are some some people we ought to try to spend time with. And there are some people that we ought to avoid, that we ought to stay away with. Now, uh, I I think it's kind of a weird thing of how we see. I think sometimes we think, well, it's not Christ-like to avoid certain people. Is that friendly to try to avoid certain people? Well, the Bible actually tells us, here are some very clear people to stay away from. Here are some people that are going to hinder your walk with Christ. And so there are actually people, according to God's word, according to God's wisdom, that we should avoid. Now, I think it's very interesting as we're sitting here, uh, I think most of us say, that is right, but that doesn't pertain to me. You be careful who you run with, but I, I, I can make it. I'll be all right. I I am solid enough in my foundation. I'm I'm rigid enough in my beliefs that I'll be all right. And we think I'm not going to be negatively impacted by these these associations. Um, That is actually over and over and over again proven untrue. Um, In the New Testament, there's a verse that says, a little leaven leavens the entire lump. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Now, here's the truth. I think sometimes we think, we well, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go associate with these people, and I'm going to be a great influence, and I'm going to pull all of them up. And the reality is, that's generally not what happens. What happens is, they pull you down. So you have these great intentions, I'm going to go, and I'm going to hold the line, and I'm going to be a great example, and I'll, I'll benefit all these people, and I'll pull them up, and, and actually, the, the opposite happens. Most of the time, in fact, the Bible says, gives us this verse, a little bit messes up the whole up, and we are pulled down instead of being pulled up. Uh, I, I watch, I think in the last 20 years, uh, our, our schools had this idea, we'll, we'll take this set of folks and we'll mix them with this set of folks and all of them will be better, And I think when you did that, they saw the result was everybody dropped down a little bit. Who you associate with matters. Negative influences will pull you down. That's a biblical truth. Negative influence will pull you down. So be sure associations matter. Who you're spending time with doesn't matter. Your age matters. We should be careful about who we associate with, who we spend time with. We should be considerate of that, which means we should think about it And then here's the big part, we should let God's word lead us. And so when I'm deciding, here's who I'm going to spend time with, here's who my close friends are going to be, here's who I'm going to run with, we ought to let God's word tell us these are the people to associate with, these are the folks to avoid. So it does matter. It it, it has a big impact in our life. We ought to be wise about it. We ought to think about it, and we ought to let God's word lead us. I want you to think about this, don't answer out loud, but I want you to think about this. As we begin tonight, how big of an influence have your associations been in your life? And it doesn't have to be bad, it could be good, it could be a good thing, but how, how much uh, influence did others bear in your life? And you could say, you know what, there was a time and a bunch of good things were happening and, and I was running with these folks. Or you might say the opposite. You know, when I made some terrible decisions and I did some things I would take back if I could. And that was influenced by the people uh, I was running around with. How big of an influence have your associations been in your life? All right, the first thing we're going we're to start with are influences to avoid. Influences to avoid. Now, I want to say it again. It seems strange that God would tell us to avoid some people. But he actually clearly says in his word, these folks are going to pull you down. These folks are going to hinder your Christian walk. They're going to lead you into trouble, into sin. And so, you know what, it is biblical to say, you know what, I'm best served to avoid these people that God has told us to avoid. So the first thing we're going to look at, some people to avoid. Some people to avoid. The first one that we ought to avoid, hot-headed Angry people. Let me read Proverbs 22 24 and 25. God's word says this Do not associate with a man given to anger or go with a hot tempered man, or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. Let me read that again. Do not associate with a man given to anger or go with a hot-tempered man, or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. All right, hot-headed people, angry people. These are people that are quick to respond in anger. They are prone to respond in anger. They are known to respond in anger. They fly off the handle. Uh, They may even be given to violence. Uh, If you're around these folks, they may be fine a lot of the time. But they are quick to be mean spirited. Uh, They are quick to seek retribution, which means this I've got to pay somebody back. I've got to strike back in a certain situation. I've got to let my displeasure be known to other folks. Uh, They're quick to anger, they're hot headed. Uh, Their anger may be expressed verbally, emotionally, or even physically. And I know folks that, man, their tongue is sharp when they're mad and they can let you have it. I know folks that, that um, they're they, they prone to, to physical violence. But then I know others that are just emotionally brewing pots. You're, they're just mad and they're, they're ticked off and they're mad about something. you just see them and they're just a, 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 a boiling over pot of anger. Um, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, associating with those type of people pulls us into the same response. That's what the Bible says. If you're running with those type of folks, you're going to gravitate toward those type of responses. I believe that's absolutely true. You're with somebody that's hot-headed, uh, it, it just becomes contagious. You're with somebody they're quick to fire off, it becomes contagious. And that, that's what it's saying here. I, I believe this. Anger always escalates. You ever notice that? You, you can go to the grocery store, and there could be 10 people in line at Walmart, and they'd be tra- they're they trying to push you over to the self-checkout, and that person's going slow, and this person is messing up, and you can get somebody in that line, and they're saying, you know, it's all right, and it's all right, I think it's going to rain this weekend, and you kind of are upset, but you just kind of make it through. And then you can get in that same line, and somebody's saying, They ought not do this, and I can't believe we got to do that, and I've been here for this long. And somebody behind them starts to say, Well, when I was a kid, we didn't. And all of a sudden, before long, the whole place is steaming in anger. Go to a restaurant, somebody says something, somebody says something back. Uh, the, The waitress and waiter, and everybody's angry. Violence escalates. Punch me, punch you back. Strike you, strike you back. Anger escalates. Hatred, you watch hatred, it brews, it grows. So it tells us here, if those are the folks you're closely related to spending time with, it is gonna impact you, it's gonna pull you in, and it's gonna lead you to those type of responses. Now think about the, the goal of Christ likeness. Now here's our goal, New Testament follow Jesus Christ. We wanna look like Christ, we wanna walk like Christ, We want to live in a way that's going to honor Christ. Well, that means we're going to be patient. That means we're going to be humble. It means we're going to be kind to others. And so this person does not match with the character of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So here's some people to avoid, hot-headed people, people that fly off the handle, people that are always mad. Avoid those people. Now, I, I thought about this A weird thing is, for some reason, we will excuse these type of people. Now, there's some types of folks that you're like, "I'm done with you," but these type of people, we go, "Well, that's just old Bill. He's always mad. You know, he's over there and he's caused more trouble than he's worth." But we just say, "Well, that's his dad was the same way. He was hot-headed. Well, it's hot in the summertime, and he's just mad." And for some reason, we tolerate it. We overlook it. We even kind of laugh at it. You ever, you ever, well, he's crazy. He's been crazy, and that's how he's always been. He was that way in school. She was that way in school. And we tolerate it. We laugh at it. We accept it. Here's what the Bible says. Be done with it. Do not associate with that type of person. It's going to pull us in. All right, the second type of people, second type of person to avoid are fools, fools. Proverbs 1320. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. Now, we've explained this on Sunday night. I'll go ahead and explain it to you again. And so we remember it. There is a difference in ignorant people and foolish people. Now, there are dumb people, ignorant people, and then there are foolish people. Now, let me explain the difference. The difference is this. An ignorant person does not possess the knowledge or the wisdom needed to make a good choice. Now, they may be dumb as a rock. They may just not know that information but they do not possess the wisdom or the information that they need to make a good choice. That's an ignorant person. Uh, They don't know any better. A foolish person, however, they know the right way. They know the best way, but for whatever reason, they respond foolishly. And so they do the thing knowing it's not right. They do the thing knowing there's gonna be a poor consequence. They are foolish. They don't care what God has said. They don't care what they've learned or found in the past. They are foolish in their actions. They may be motivated by their selfishness. They may be motivated by their rebellion. They may be motivated in evilness, but they are actually foolish in their, their responses, their actions. They know better. They do it anyway. Simple as that. Well, the Bible says... If these people are our companions, if they're the people that we associate with, we will suffer harm is what it says. Now, they're going to suffer harm, but it says we will suffer harm. Now, you get in with folks, and they they are foolish, and they don't care what the right way is. They don't care when they act, if it honors God, and you run with them, you're going to suffer harm. Now, it could be punishment. You could get yourself in trouble. Could be the loss of your reputation. I know some good folks that have lost their reputation running with foolish people. Could be the consequences of of making bad decisions. You're with them, and you make bad decisions, and now there's consequences. Uh, it, it, It could be that you now are making the bad decisions. You've become foolish like them, and so you've caused trouble for yourself. For whatever expression it takes It is not good. If you're going to run around the foolish person, if you're going to be friends with the foolish person, associate with them, you will suffer harm. That's what the Bible says. Here is something I think probably has existed, I think probably still exists. For some reason, there seems to be an attraction to foolish people. You ever notice that? There seems to be an attraction to foolish people, which means this. Hey, they're wild. Hey, they're crazy. Hey, they're always seen to be got something going on. Hey, they're, they're carefree. I want to I hang out with them. I want to be friends with people like that. They throw caution to the wind. They don't worry about what the consequences are. And for some weird reason, we think, well, that's pretty attractive. That seems like something we would want to associate with. Be sure the Bible says there is trouble when those are your close associations. All right, next type of person to avoid is a gossip, is a gossip. Lots of verses on this, Uh, Proverbs 16, 28. A perverse man spreads strife and a slanderer separates intimate friends. And a slanderer separates intimate friends. All right, the slanderer, is a person that speaks words, speaks information with the mission or with the goal of tearing somebody down. Now, think about that for a second. They say something, and the reason they say something is is to tear somebody else down. Listen, it may be true. I think sometimes I think, well, it's always a lie. It may be true, but it may be something nobody else needs to know. It may be something that they're dealing with. You may know the truth about somebody, but it doesn't need to be out. It may be true. It may be made up. It may be taken out of context. Sometimes, well, I think I understand something, but it's not in context. But for whatever reason, spreading that information, uh, whatever the motivation is, the mission, the goal is to tear somebody down. Uh, One of the root words for understanding for gossip or gossiping Actually means to kill. And so it actually means to kill, uh, to kill somebody. So you're actually seeking to kill somebody with your words, to kill their future, to kill their reputation. Uh, you're seeking to actually tear them down to kill them with words. Now think about this. Gossip. Here's, here's somebody and they're gossiping. What, what does that produce? I, I don't know that I've ever seen it produce good things, happiness, joy, reconciliation. I've never seen those things come out of it. Gossip brings division, misunderstanding. It results in conflict. In gossip, friendships are ruined. I've seen this. You have too. Friendships that ought to be enduring are ruined. Trust is removed. And, and there can be a, a, a trustworthy person that hasn't done anything that that would make you question their trustworthiness, except this person says, well, I guess you know about them. Well, I guess you know what they're up to. I guess you know how that works with them. And you don't have any reason to doubt them, but you start to go, well, I wonder if I ought to trust them. Well, I wonder if their word is believable. And it actually steals the trustworthiness that they possess. It, It tears trust away. Enemies are made. Enemies that shouldn't exist are made, all relying on these slanderous testimonies. Here's the the biblical truth. We are best to draw a large distance between a gossip and ourselves. Here's a person, and they gossip, and they spread things that may be true, but they shouldn't spread. They spread things that, that are made up, but they are a known gossip. We should separate ourselves from a gossip. God's wisdom telling us tonight we ought to separate ourselves from gossip. I always wonder this. Why do we think a gossip will talk about others but not talk about us? And you're you're somewhere and they're running somebody down left and right. Do you ever wonder when you're not there what they're talking about? They're probably talking about you. They're probably tearing you down. Why do you think they're going to talk about? They love Fred. But they sure run Fred down when Fred's not here. You don't think they're gonna do that about you? Why do we think they're not gonna talk about us? Here's another question. Why are we tempted to listen to gossips? Bible says we we are tempted to listen to gossips. Maybe it's some information I'd just like to have. Maybe I'm just curious. Maybe I'm prideful and I want them to mess up. I want them to, to have a bad reputation. Why are we tempted to listen to gossips? God's wisdom says when you hear gossip, when you identify a person as a gossip, split the scene. Instead, we are tempted to listen to gossips. All right, and then I want you to think about this. As far as dangerous people go, as far as damaging people go, where do you think gossips fit in the line? And I, I think we go... Well, it's kind of like the hot-headed person. Well, old Sally Mae, you know, she's a gossip. Well, her mama was too. Well, she's just all fun and games. Well, I want to know what's happening over there anyway. And we make light of it. Rank gossips as to the damage, the the most damaging people you know. I started thinking about this, and I'm just going to tell you this. People stealing my stuff really hasn't been an issue. I guess it could be. Uh, somebody showing my house and whipping me in the yard. It hadn't happened yet. I it hadn't been a threat. But somebody's saying something that goes to somebody that goes to somebody. And I want to tell you, the most dangerous people I know are gossips. And it's, it's, I heard a, a story one time. If you were to get a pillowcase with all the feathers in it, and you were to go up on top of the fifth floor of the herring bank, and, and you were to take that and you were to stand up there by that elevator deal on the top of the fifth floor, and the wind's blowing about 25 miles an hour, if you were to take that and shake all the feathers out of it, and then say, ooh, I'm sorry that happened, I'm going to go pick up all the feathers. You can't pick up all the feathers. You can't even find all the feathers. That's what a gossip does. They sow things, they build things, they divide things, they cause trouble that you can't go find all the trouble. I think about some folks... Somebody will say something about them and they set out on a mission. I've got to go tell everybody that's not true. You can't find everybody to tell them that's not true. Once something's taken fire, it takes fire. Gossips are divisive. They cause conflict. They separate friends. They cause enemies. We would do well to separate ourselves from gossips. All right, here's one last question. What if the problem is you? And I I think there are people that just like to talk. And they like to say things they don't know all the story. They like to be the broker of information. I think we have to consider that. When we read a warning about gossips, we have to say, when I speak, is it kind? When I speak, is it trustworthy? When I speak, even if it's true, am I trying to tear somebody down? And if it is, I've got to measure that according to the standard of God's word and keep my mouth shut. Another, folks, we ought to uh, avoid gossips. The next person. Wicked people, wicked people, avoid wicked people. These are people who practice evilness. Now, sometimes I think evilness, that's this monstrous sin. Evilness is actually just any sin. Any sin is evil. And so these people love to sin, love to practice sin, and they encourage other people to do the same. You ever notice this? Ever since you're a little kid, if you're gonna do something wrong, you wanna get somebody to do it with you. It's easier to get four people to do it wrong than it, than it was two. So for some reason, we wanna draw folks in to our sin. These folks walk in sin, live in sin, and they wanna draw others in and encourage them to sin as well. Proverbs four nineteen. The way of the wicked is like darkness, They do not know what they stumble over. All right, here's the deal. If you're going to associate with these type of people, they run to sin, practice sin, encourage sin, it's going to be like you are walking with a blindfold on. They live in darkness. You lose the ability to discern what is good and bad. You learn the ability to discern what is sin and what is not. You become numb to sin And and associating with these people is like going through life with a blindfold on. Troubles that you ought to see, you don't see them. Pitfalls that you ought to see, you become numb to them, you do not see them. Uh, In the New Testament book of Galatians, it says, uh, we reap what we sow. And and evilness and sin always results in more evilness and more sin. If you're going to run with these folks, you're going to live in a trail of chaos and sin and rebellion against God, it is going to grow. That's the the last person to to avoid. There are others, those are the ones that we're gonna look at tonight, right? It wouldn't be right to tell us the ones to avoid and not tell us the ones to seek out. There are some people that you ought to seek out. There are some friends that you ought to make. There There are some people that you ought to get close to, that you ought to associate with. These are those people. So all right, you're making friends, you're you're getting close associates, you're gonna hang out with folks. Uh, these are the ones to seek out. All right, the first one wise people, wise people. Proverbs 1320. He who walks with wise men will be wise. He who walks with wise men will be wise. Proverbs 11, 14. Where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there is victory. All right, let me explain this. Wise people not only possess knowledge and information, foolish people do that, but these people actually operate according to God's wisdom. So they have acquired God's wisdom, they possess God's wisdom, and then they live choosing to walk in obedience to God's wisdom. Now, a wise person, it's not a person that has all the information. It's not a person that says, you know what, I know the Greek version and the Hebrew version and I've memorized all the verses. This is a person that says, I have God's wisdom and I'm gonna live it out. I'm gonna walk it out. I'm gonna be a doer Of the Word. They choose to do that. And in doing that, they live in a a way that glorifies God. They live in a way that honors and pleases God. And they live in a way that blesses them. They are living according to what God has said. If you watch these people, okay, they have God's wisdom, they've chosen to walk according to it. Their perspectives begin to be shaped by God's wisdom. Their goals begin to be shaped by God's wisdom. And so instead of saying, well, I just want this thing, they would say, I want the thing that honors God. I want the thing that blesses God. And so their perspectives are shaped by God's wisdom. All right, here's a big deal. The Bible says, God says, if these are the people we associate with, we will become like them, period. That's what the Bible says people that operate according to godly wisdom and live a life that, oh, that honors God, if we will walk with them, if we will associate with them, here's what the Bible says, we will be like them. We will be like them. The Bible says if we're to seek out counsel, these are the people that we should listen to. Uh, it, it, you know what, I don't know how, what to do in this area. I don't know what to do about my relationship. I don't know what to do about my career. These are the folks we're gonna go seek out. Folks that have grown in God's word who live according to God's word. We will become like them. I want you to think about a couple of things right here. Pretty interesting in the day we're living in. Do you know people who exhibit true godly wisdom? I don't know answer out loud, but think about that. Can you say, here are some people who live, who possess Godly wisdom, all right, that's the first part. Here's the second part. Do you know very many people that live according to godly wisdom? And I I can think of some, that guy, that person. But you know what, I don't don't have a long list. I, I see a lot of foolish people, but I don't have a long list of saying godly wisdom, godly wisdom, godly wisdom. It seems to be a rare thing. Why do you think these people Live and exhibit godly wisdom. Why do you think that is? And, and, and really a second part of that thought is this. What would it take for that to be said of you? Now listen, there's no reason that it couldn't be said of you. There's no reason that your kids and your grandkids and your neighbors and your friends, there's no reason that they couldn't say that's a person right there that has godly wisdom. What would it take for that to be said of you? Why are these people like that? What, what brings that? And, and here's what I would say. It's more than a, a Bible knowledge. Now, I'm going to tell you, it grows uh, in, in, in the understanding of the Bible. But what it, what it is really is a desire to honor God and walk in obedience. It really comes down to a matter of the heart. And so... You possess God's wisdom, the fool possesses God's wisdom. The person that takes it and lives accordingly, the person that sets it aside and neglects it really goes back. Do you love God? Do you want to please God? Does his reputation actually matter to you? And when that becomes your heart, guess what? Obedience starts to fall into place. Godly wisdom starts to be expressed and lived out. Here's what I haven't figured out. I haven't figured out how to lead people to have a heart to love God. I've preached, I've showed verses, I've, we've looked at examples, that's your heart. And I can't, I can't do that, I can tell you the truth, I can tell you what God's word says, but that's between your heart and your response to God. People to seek out, wise people, you will be like them. Here's the next one, people to seek out, righteous people, righteous people. These are people who seek to live lives that are pleasing to God. Now, I want you to not misunderstand. It does not mean they do not sin. It doesn't mean they do not mess up. They do those things. They're people. But their true desire is to avoid sin and walk in righteousness. You ought to find people that their mission is to sin less. Their mission is to honor God. And you ought to seek out those type of people. Proverbs Proverbs 4.18. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. Proverbs 12, 26. The righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. All right, here's here's the truth. Here's what the Bible says. Walking with people, who are seeking to to honor God, to obey God, when you walk with them, it's the opposite of what we saw earlier. It's now a well-lit path. It is a bright path. And so what that means is you're able to see trouble. You're able to see and identify sin. You're able to see, hey, this isn't gonna end very well for me. And so your path is lit up. You're not numb to sin. You're aware of sin. You're with people that wanna avoid sin, and goodness and joy are the result. You know what? We didn't go down that path. You know what? We didn't wreck that train. And so we've got goodness here. We've got peace here. We've got joy here. Seek out righteous people. All right, the next, the next person to seek out. First, wise people. Second, righteous people. Third is this, and it, it, it ought to seem silly to say this, but I think sometimes we get off track. The, the third person to seek out are true friends, true friends. Now, true friends are people who love you, who care for you. They are willing to serve for your betterment. It's not about them. There are sometimes folks that are friends because it serves them, helps them. They are for your betterment. They would even sacrifice for your well-being. So you're looking for a true friend that loves you, sees you, cares for you, wants your best, would help you, will serve you. That's a real friend. Uh, we, we looked a couple Sunday nights ago. They will not flatter you. There's folks that'll just tell you what they want what you want to hear. That's not those folks. These folks will tell you the truth. The Bible says they are loyal. They're gonna stick with you. Let me read Proverbs 18:24. Listen to this. A man of too many friends comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. What a weird verse. A man with too many friends, that's crazy, comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I want to explain this to you. I went and looked this up. Having too many friends is a bad thing. That doesn't seem seem right. That seems crazy. Here's what this is saying. The person that has a bunch of shallow friendships, that's not gonna be a good thing. Now, that's said, well, a shallow friendships better than no friendship. Here, here's what that is saying. This is the person that has all the friends. In fact, everybody's their friend. Here's what the Bible's telling us. If you find a person and everybody's their friend, they're having to compromise to keep that many friends. They're having to change their convictions to keep that many friends. They're having to lie to some folks to keep that many friends. They're not telling the friends the truth, not to upset them and have that many friends. And so, a person with too many friends, they've sacrificed character, they've sacrificed conviction in order to keep that many friends. You ever know anybody like that? They're they're their best friend over there, and this person, and then they're their best friend over here, and you're back there going, what in the world? They don't even like that person. I saw him talking about that person. But everywhere you go, everybody's their friend. Well, more than likely, they've had to sacrifice their character and their conviction to have all these shallow relationships. Here's what the Bible says. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There's a friend that will tell you the truth. There's a friend that when you mess up royally, they stick with you and help you get through that thing. And they're going to stick with you. We do seek out true, deep, long-term friend relationships. Bible says seek those folks out, all right? Last one is this. People who make us better. People who make us better. There are people like that. I, I went to a funeral one time and I heard somebody say, um, there are two type of people in the world. Those who pull people up, and those who pull people down. And that, that was the, they were talking about the person that had passed away. There's two types of folks. There's not three, there's two. There's folks that pull people up. There's folks that pull people down. Let me read Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens Another. All right, here's what the verse is saying. Here are these two people, and and their filing on each other makes the other one sharper. And so their association makes that person better. Their association with them makes them better. Um, For us today, what this means is, it is a great blessing for us to have like-minded, Christ-seeking relationships, now, there's foolish people, they're going to pull you down. There's folks that practice sin and they want to get you into it, they're going to pull you down. But there are other people that your association with them, it's going to help you be accountable. You know what somebody's watching? It's going to help you have a higher standard, the standard of God's Word. It's, it's going to be steeped in honesty. It's going to point you and sometimes push you in a better direction. You ought to find people, seek out people, be associated with people who make you better, who sharpen you, who leave you better than they found you. We ought to find those type of people. You know what I think in, our, in the New Testament context, those folks building us, encouraging us Christ-likeness. Being with them makes us more like Christ instead of less like Christ. Seek out people that make you more like Christ. All right, a couple questions to think about. We're about done. So, tonight, do your relationships build your walk with Christ or take away from it? And so there you sit tonight and you think about the folks you're spending time with, your closest relationships. Are they making you more Christ-like or are they leading you away from that goal? Here's something to think about. Is there such a thing as a neutral relationship in this aspect. And I, I put that in there because I was thinking, I think sometimes we think, well, they don't. Well, I'm not deep enough with them for it to matter. Or I spend a lot of time with them, but I know they're crazy, so that doesn't matter. I don't think there's neutral people. I think it's actually they're pulling you up or they're pulling you down. They're helping you to be more like Christ or less like Christ. And if your being with them doesn't make you want to be more like Christ, it's making you less like Christ. And so I don't think there are neutral people. So we go back to the the original question. Are the people you're with making you more like Christ or less like Christ? Here's another question. What is a person worth that builds your walk with Christ? And I'm going to tell you, in a world that would kick you in the knee, pull you when you're down, like to see you fail. There's a lot of folks that would love to see you fail. In a world like that, people that would push you up are priceless. Here's the next question. Are you that type of person? Here's the end. So are you that type of person? Do you push people to be more like Christ? Is your goal to be more like Christ? Are people better off for having spent time with you? Or are you leading them astray? Are you leading them into sin? Are you leading them into trouble? What type of person are you? These are the ones we ought to seek out. And these are the ones we ought to seek to be. Glad you were here tonight. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Glad you were here. Dear Father, we come now, We're thankful for you. We're thankful that you do care about the small things. In fact, we're thankful that you do care about all things. And I'm thankful for your word that's led us tonight, that's trained us tonight I pray that we wouldn't be silly and we we wouldn't be remiss and we wouldn't neglect to say, okay, this is what I need to seek out and this is what I need to let go of. Help us be considerate in that. Help us be led by your word. Help that to bear much fruit. Again, I pray for our kids. Oh, if they could learn this lesson tonight. I pray for our youth that they would learn this lesson tonight. I pray for us in this room, those watching in another way tonight, Help us to be Christ-like. Help us to find people to make us more Christ-like. And I pray the fruit of that is that you are known, Lord, that you are glorified, that you are pleased. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Glad you were here.